the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning to you. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we are underway on a Monday. It's the 17th morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2021. And as we have a very busy day planned for you, and a guest actually right here out of the top of the show, let us commence with our Pledge of Allegiance. Patriots, please stand. Put your hand on your heart. Leftists, please take your traditional knee. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all we'll continue to conduct intensive diplomacy to bring this current cycle of violence to an end Uh, then we will immediately resume the work the vital work of making real the vision of uh, israel and palestinian state existing peacefully side by side, with people from all communities able to live in dignity. That's just a false. I mean, the reason we have these casualties is because Hamas is criminally attacking us from uh, civilian neighborhoods, from schools, from homes, from office buildings. That's what they're doing. Uh, And we're taking action, trying to target them with as great precision as we can. Unfortunately, there are uh, occasionally civilian casualties, which we regret. Two voices you just heard there. One was uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken talking about a two-state solution, how there needs to be equal responsibility for bringing peace to the Middle East, and in particular between Israel and the Palestinians and Hamas in Gaza. Then you heard Benjamin Netanyahu, the Israeli Prime Minister, telling you the truth. 
we don't want to harm anybody, but we are going to fire back in the direction from which the rockets are being fired. And yes, they continue, they being the Palestinian terrorists, continue to fire rockets into southern Israel from civilian locations, then playing up the the civilian casualties as proof and evidence of Israel as being the real aggressor and the real threat and the real demon in this ongoing uh, battle. Joining us now to talk about what is going on in Israel is a man who is very, very close to this for a ton of different reasons, not the least of which is his son's presence uh, in Tel Aviv. But most, uh, or as importantly, Mike Goldstein is the Ohio director of a very important national organization called Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. They educate, advocate, and uh, they move to activate Christians, Jews, and all people of conscience in building a global community of action. This is right from the website. And prayer in support of Jews and of Israel, engaged in winning the ideological, social, moral, and spiritual battle for the mind of this generation. It's an important organization. And Mike Goldstein, thank you so much for coming on to talk about what's the continuing atrocity of thousands, literally thousands of rockets being fired illegally into Israel, targeting Israeli Jews. Mike, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning, Bob. Thanks for having me on this morning. And that's only half the problem. Well, that's why you're here, to tell us the whole problem, Mike. uh, You know, I've been trying to cover this the best that I can, just with my limited knowledge of history and the history of the Jewish state, the history of the Jewish land long before it became a nation state, as recognized now by the United Nations. I've been doing my best to cover this. You are an expert in this field. So I want you to tell us uh, in, in in as much detail or as little as you would like about exactly what is going on. Sure, I will. First of all, there are two things going on. There are the rockets, and then there are attacks on Jews by Arabs throughout Israel. And I'll get to both of those in, in some detail. Okay. But first of all, let's see how this started. This was the, All of this violence is based on a pretext, and it's the only thing you'll see. The only thing you'll see in the mainstream media is that uh, the Israelis were evicting Arabs from their homes. That's what it's all about. This is all a reaction to that. But that's not really what happened. Here is the story. These homes are parts of villages, and I believe it involves 48 families. Mm -hmm. These were Jewish villages from the year 1900 or even before up until the War of Independence in 1948, when at the end of that war they found themselves behind the uh, Jordanian line. The Jordanians would not allow any Jews to stay in territory that they occupy. They, um, they uh, sent the Jews out of their homes, and they filled the homes with Arabs. 1967, uh, the uh, end of the Six-Day War, the Israeli Defense Forces took those villages back, and um, they wanted the Arabs to leave those homes. The Jewish owners could not get them to leave. So they filed a lawsuit in the Israeli court system. The litigation has taken about 50 years, okay? And the Israeli courts, which are, by the way, left-leaning, sided in part with the Arabs. What they did was they said they don't have to leave these properties, the Arabs don't, but they have to pay rent to the Jewish owners of the properties. I believe they did pay rent for a while, then for the last 10 years or so at least, they have stopped paying rent. So the Jewish owners of the properties uh, filed a lawsuit to evict them. 
Now, if you were renting a house and you didn't pay your rent, your landlord would file an eviction notice and go to court and have you evicted. Right. That's what happened in Israel. So a perfectly legal proceeding in a, in a, a, a minor issue, really. But the way the press system. is po- the way the press is is reporting all of that, Mike, is this is just Israelis driving Palestinians from their homes, driving Palestinians from their lands. That's how it's being yeah. reported. I know, and that's a lie, of course. And we, that doesn't surprise us that the media is reporting a lie. They will blame everything on the Israelis, no matter what. Now, today is the Jewish holiday of Shavuos. It's our revelation celebration of the revelation, the the uh, um, giving to the Jews of the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai exactly 3,333 years ago. Very significant day in our history. And we brought the, the Ten Commandments and morality to the world. And we have been persecuted for that ever since. People don't like being lectured to, apparently. But So that's what today is. So re, in reaction to this false narrative that the Jews are driving Palestinians from their homes, um, the sheriff showed up and evicted them. Sure. So what is happening? There were two reactions. Hamas in Gaza started firing thousands of rockets um, to civilian areas in Israel. And concurrently, um, Arabs who were Israeli citizens began attacking their Jewish neighbors in the worst pogroms, the worst anti-Jewish riots, since Germany in the 1930s. They're burning down synagogues, they're destroying homes, they're attacking Jews on the street. Um, my son and his wife and his daughter spent a couple of days in the, in the bomb shelter because of the rockets, but they couldn't go out because they would have been attacked on the streets. So that is, that is what's going on. Um, now, what I've also found out is that the rockets that were fired from Gaza, mm-hmm. about 30% of them, never make it out of Gaza. They fall into Arab neighborhoods in Gaza. Much of the uh, video and photographs you see of the injured Palestinian civilians, that was caused by Hamas rockets, not by the Israelis. The Israelis, when they go in... They well, in, in, in reality, target. that part doesn't matter, does it, Mike? I mean, in the in so far, we're talking to Mike Goldstein, the Ohio Director of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations, uh, and we're talking about the ongoing attack on Israel by uh, Palestinian terrorists, uh, particularly Hamas. It doesn't matter. Those dead civilians on the Gaza side, um, whether they're Israeli rock or Israeli bombs or not, or they're the the um, rockets that you're saying aren't even making it all the way into Israel and coming down and hitting their own people. It's still on Palestine, or Palestinians, rather. I'm not even going to say the name of something that doesn't exist as a nation, officially. But it is on the terrorists, because if they're firing from civilian populations, and and and, and locations, rather, from civilian locations, then Israel is going to fire back in the direction the rockets are being fired from to try to knock out those rocket uh, you know, attackers. Um, and but obviously, there inter- are going to be civilian casualties, but those are not the fault of the Jew or the Israelis. These are this is the fault of 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 the terrorists who literally, you know, they embed themselves, if you will, in schools or in uh, you know mosques or in other locations where any return fire is going to create casualties. They see it as martyring themselves. They have no problem with that. Uh, but in the meantime, they make all kinds of international uh, uh, headway in demonizing Israel to the rest of the world. I agree with everything you just said. I studied the international law on it. I'm an attorney. 
I do take exception to one thing. The Israelis never fire back, quote, in the direction of, unquote, anybody. They pinpoint target people to reduce the collateral damage. Nobody does it as much as they do, and people in the United States military just look at it aghast. They say, we would never be that careful. We can't be. So it's the most moral army you've ever seen. But yes, it's their own fault. Um, now, the, uh, a lot of Israeli civilians, a lot is a relative term. Iron Dome mm-hmm. has taken care of most of those missiles coming in. And I think I just said Some 90% I read that that, that, that yeah. Iron Dome missile defense system is right. like 90% effective at, at picking those rockets out of the sky. They're, they're small warheads compared to other things. But still, I understand uh, the other day, 10 Israeli civilians were killed by one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are scary. They come overhead in groups. They make a lot of noise. People are frightened. Um, businesses disrupted. People are uh, um, in their in their bomb shelters. No one sure. should have to live through that. And they certainly have a right of self-defense, uh, which the international community and the international media would deny them. The, the Biden administration, Mike, did say, Tony Blinken went on to say yesterday about this, that, yes, Israel has a right to defend itself, and we are calling on Hamas to stop the rocket attacks immediately. And then they go into, we need a two-state solution, we have to find peace between these people. But they did say that the Israelis have a, a, a right to defend themselves. However, right. other, other American elected officials, all of them Democrats, disagree including Bernie Sanders, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the rest of the squad members and others who continue to say this is uh, Palestine defending itself from Israeli aggression. Yeah, well, there is no Palestine. There's never been a Palestine. Tell them um, that. Well, I have. <laughs> <laughs> they, look, there is no logical basis for anti-Semitism. When you're talking about only the Jewish state is not allowed to defend itself, that is anti-Semitism. You don't apply that standard to anybody else in the whole world. Anti-Semitism is completely irrational. It makes no sense whatsoever, and it's insanity, and it has lasted for over 3,000 years. So we deal with it as we can. Uh, under the Trump administration, this violence did not occur. They wouldn't have dared. What what the uh, the peace plan that, that uh, Trump proposed would just said the the arabs look you're not coming to the table we're going to work without you and they did but the biden administration has facilitated all this by giving them money not enforcing sanctions against them not enforcing the tailored force act which banned american money from going to them uh, when they're paying terrorists to kill jews and americans and then they're paying their people to do that and we're giving them money to pay their terrorists it makes no sense It has emboldened the Arabs to do what they're doing now. Um, I blame it all on the Biden administration. I'm sorry, if they had acted in a reasonable manner, that wouldn't have happened. And when you see Arab-Israeli citizens attacking their Jewish neighbors, let's talk about a two-state solution. It's not possible. It's not feasible. It's never going to happen. And, of course, the Arabs have been offered their own state at least eight times since the Balfour Declaration in 1917. And even when they get almost everything offered to them that they're asking for, they still deny it, they won't have a state, and they increase the violence because the only state solution they want is a one-state solution where all the Jews are driven out of Israel and it becomes yet another terrorist 
state in the Middle East. Um, last thing for you, Mike. I have one more question. Hold off on the music for about another minute here, um, if you would, Josh. Um, I want to ask you about the Iranian component of this. Um, we all know that President Trump was extraordinarily tough on Iran as well. We know that Biden, under the Obama-Biden administration, sent them pallets and pallets of cash and allowed them to, through that nuclear deal, continue to uh, enrich uranium and continue to pursue nuclear weapons. Um some are suggesting that what the what Hamas and the Palestinian terrorists are doing right now is kind of doing this by proxy for Iran because they know that the United States under Biden is not going to do anything uh, to the Iranians if they are if they are found to be kind of behind this. What is your read on Iran's role in this, if any? Iran is funding it, and, and of course we're funding it too. We're now giving them money, but basically the missiles are of Iranian manufacture for the most part, and um, the Iranians are facilitating all this violence. They love to see it. Part of the problem here is that in helping the Iranians, which which the Biden administration is doing, they're talking about reinstating the nuclear deal with Iran, um, it's making things much more dangerous because if Iran gets a new, it looks close to getting a nuclear weapon, which President Trump was vehemently against and fighting against, that means Somebody is going to attack the Iranian nuclear program, and that could be the Israelis alone, because I don't think Biden would do anything to help in this, in this just like Obama wouldn't have done anything right. to help. Uh, and um, it makes it almost inevitable that the Iranians are going to go forward with their nuclear program and the, the Israelis are going to stop them, because the purpose of Israel was to make Jewish survival dependent only upon Jews. Because if they didn't have their own sovereignty, their own country, they were always reliant on somebody else to help them if they were willing. And now they've come to a situation where they are their own shield, their own defense. And if Iran gets a nuclear weapon, they're going to be under threat from another country now. They're not going to let it happen. That's right. Michael Goldstein, the uh, Ohio Director of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations, uh, thank you for coming on and explaining what's going on to us here. It is just uh, inconceivable that this continues to happen, but it does, and it has been allowed, and you're right. I agree with you. The weak leadership of the United States right now is leading to this. You're you're covering it very well, and we really appreciate it. All of us in PJTN, in the, uh, the Christian community and the Jewish community, we appreciate the job you're doing. Well, thank you, Mike. Uh, prayers for you, uh, prayers for the people of Israel and uh, everyone of the Jewish faith who is celebrating this very holy day that you told us about. Uh, and thank you very much, Mike. Thanks, Bob. Have a good All right, 924, we'll come right back. Okay, 929, short segment here. Thanks to uh, Mike Goldstein, who I called pretty last minute this morning and asked him if he would come on to talk about what's going on now. Like I said, Mike is an expert on Israel, on Israeli history, uh, certainly on the Jewish faith. And uh, as the Ohio Director of Proclaiming Justice to the Nation, he's in a unique and qualified position to... Uh, to talk about these things. So I certainly appreciate him coming on on a last minute's notice like that. I just continue. I watched Benjamin Netanyahu's comments and I listened to and read rather, uh, the comments of Bernie Sanders and AOC and some of these others who are defending the terrorists rather than the victims. And in fact, victim shaming the Israelis saying that they brought this on because they relocated Palestinian people. 
and you heard Mike tell the truth about what happened and what is going on there with the respect to evictions for just a small handful of people, by the way, uh, and the details and the context surrounding that. So um, really, I heard all of that stuff this morning, and I said I need an expert to come on, and uh, Mike certainly provides uh, that expertise. Okay, it's 9.30. We're going to get our newscast on the other side. We're going to go to Josh Mandel. Josh Mandel is a candidate for United States Senate. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about some of those issues, but I am going to talk to him about Israel as well and the ongoing battle there. He has been very outspoken on social media about Israel defending itself. Um, Josh was also at an event in Strongsville that I was at on Saturday as well, so we'll ask him about that as well. So that's coming up right after the news on AM 1420, The Answer. Can't get on the air with Bob? Leave a message, 216-525-1806. Yeah, do not forget the message line. It's uh, it's very valuable. If things are going on and you want to know my opinion on it or something happens and you want to make sure I get your opinion on it and you don't think you can call me the next day, whenever we're not on the air, use that line. Leave us messages at 216-525-1806. We'll play good messages on the air and we will react and uh uh, and discuss those things. All right, nine thirty-six. Now, as we continue on this Monday edition, I want to uh, go now to Josh Mandel, as promised. Josh Mandel is the former Ohio treasurer. He is uh, now a candidate for the soon-to-be-vacated seat in the United States Senate by Rob Portman. Uh, he's among a very crowded field of candidates, but he was not in a big crowd yet, uh, on Saturday when he came to Strongsville for the um, Ohio Political Summit. There were supposed to be a host of candidates there. Not all of them came due to various conflicts and other decisions, but Josh was there, and he's here now with us to talk about that and more on AM 1420 The Answer. Good morning, Josh. How are you? Hey, Bob. Good morning. Yeah, I was I was pumped up to be in front of that crowd. Uh, from what we heard, it was around 700 people, constitutional conservatives, uh, anti-establishment, and uh, it was great being there with them and uh, spreading my message of advancing the Trump American first agenda and standing up for our constitutional rights. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it as well. Uh, connected with, reconnected with some old friends and people that I know and met some, a lot of great new people as well, but it was a very enthusiastic and excited crowd uh, that are looking forward. And I, t- I told everybody when I spoke, you weren't there yet, uh, you know, there were a lot of chins on a lot of chess in Republican circles back in January when we lost the Senate and lost those two runoff seats in uh, uh, in Georgia. And a lot of people felt like we're sunk now. And I got to tell you, you know, we're just five months into, uh, you know, the Biden administration and you see everything that's going on and you realize, you know, the rest of the country is feeling this pain as well. And if we play our cards right and if we attack this right and if we run the right people, we can very easily turn this thing around in 2022. Uh, all hope Hope is not lost. We have a we have a lot to offer still, and I think there was a lot of that that messaging going on on Saturday. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Bob. We got to run the right people, and uh, whether it's Congress, Senate, other offices, we do not want folks in Washington who are going there to make friends and buddy up with the lobbyists and you know be part of what I call the uniparty, which is where the Democrats and the Republicans just sort of look the same and sound the same. What we need is the opposite. We need people like me who are fighters. We need to send fighters to Washington. You know, the, the, there's this mantra within establishment Republican circles that if only there was more civility and if only there was more bipartisanship, that things would be better off. And I think that's a bunch of baloney. I think the only way to defeat Pelosi, Schumer, Biden, Harris, whoever's running the country 
is with fighters. You know, we need mm-hmm. fighters who have steel spines, who have backbone to take on Schumer, take on Pelosi, take on Biden, Harris, and also, frankly, take on the squishy establishment Republicans if they're acting like Democrats. Very well said. That's exactly that's right. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, that's. That's what we're trying to get rid of one of, at least, you know, and I'm glad he decided not to run again, talking about about Rob Portman, because he's one of those squishy Republicans that I just don't know that I can count on to be a true constitutional conservative, and I want to replace him with someone who is. So um, a couple of things. Um, first of all, in fact, let me... When you and I spoke on Friday uh, briefly via text about coming on, we were going to talk about the Mike DeWine vaccine lottery, and we will, but... Because you have been very outspoken on matters of Israel as well, for obvious reasons, at least on social media, you've been very direct uh, about Israel defending itself. And um, I want to get your thoughts on that, because, you know, as of last Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it was around 400 rockets. Now we are talking about thousands of rockets that have been fired into Israel by Hamas terrorists and other um, Arab terrorists in Gaza, Palestinians. And uh, the Iron Dome, I was just talking to Mike Goldstein uh, from Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. The Iron Dome missile defense system apparently is so phenomenal, it, it'll pluck r- roughly 90% of those rockets out of the air and stop them from doing any damage. But, Josh, 10% of several thousand rockets is a lot of rockets that are landing and that are causing death, destruction, mayhem, fear, and so on in Israel. Um Give me your take on the way this is being covered by the media, first, Josh Mandel, and then second of all, the way it's being covered by Democrats, particularly elected Democrats, who seem to be more concerned with the feelings of the terrorists than they are with the feelings of the victimized people of Israel. You just hit it on the head. I mean, that what you just said just now is, is the thing that's the most difficult to watch. And it's so vile to see politicians like Elon Omar and Rashida Tlaib and Kamala Harris and others that, you know, that they call themselves the squad. I call them the jihad squad because they are essentially acting as spokesmen for Hamas. And let, let, let's be very clear. Hamas is a terrorist organization and the United States government has classified them as a terrorist organization all you got to do is read their charter. It's very clear. They want to kill Christians and Jews. They want to push Israel into the sea. And listen, I, I think the best friend in the White House that Israel ever had was Donald Trump. Um, and it, it's not by coincidence that when Trump was president, it was relatively peaceful there. Now Biden comes in and it's, it's chaos um, because they they respect Trump. They respected his force. They respected his posture. And Hamas and these other terrorist groups, they just don't respect Biden. And they and they and they know that he won't have Israel's back. And listen, the, the tradition of having Israel's back is something that goes to the Bible. And I, I think the best friend that Israel has is evangelical Christians throughout America, here in the state of Ohio and throughout the country. I mean, let me repeat that for all the evangelical Christians listening. The best friend the state of Israel has is evangelical Christians throughout the United States of America. And I think the support that Christians give Israel, it comes from their belief in God and belief in the Bible. As we read in Genesis 12, 3, God will bless those who bless Israel and curse those who curse Israel. And I think, uh, you know, Christians throughout Ohio and America get that. Now, Bob, you asked about the media, too. You know, the media tries to present this false equivalency between 
Hamas and Israel. Hamas is a terrorist organization that's trying to kill innocent women, children, Christians, and Jews, while Israel's just a sovereign nation trying to defend itself. The same way that we as Americans have a right to defend ourselves when we're being attacked, the Canadians do above us, the Mexicans do below us, you know, France, uh, Italy, any country that's attacked by radical Muslim terrorists or by anyone else has a right to defend herself. And that's what Israel's doing, defending herself and defending her people. Yeah, what what I would like is for any of the media that is, you know, trying to portray this as mutual enemy combatants, you know, that this is a mutual war, that sort of thing, uh, rather than just an attack and a defense, is, you know, what Benjamin Netanyahu said yesterday. You know, he said, look, uh, if thousands of rockets were fired, fired into the United States of America, if they were fired on Washington, D.C. and New York City, what would, what would the media in America say then? Would they say fire back? Or would they say, oh, you know what? Those people have a legitimate gripe and a complaint. Um, we'll just, we'll just absorb the rocket attacks with graciousness. Uh, I, I don't think so. Would, you know, if Queens was targeted with rocket attacks, uh, by a foreign power, would Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez say, hey, look, those people have a right to express themselves, you know, let those people be. Mm-hmm. You know, and Hugh Hewitt this morning said, you know, let's just, to, to pick a nation, you know, if Cuba launched uh, at, at Florida, for example, um, would Cuba wouldn't exist anymore. And, and nobody would say, don't do it. Everybody would say, end them. Look what they just did to the American people. Well, why? Are Israeli lives, particularly Jewish Israeli lives, any more or less valuable than American lives? And the answer is, of course, they're not. Right. They're not. And, yeah, it's, it's a great question. Hey, let's bring it home. I mean, imagine we're here on Lake Erie. Imagine if the Canadians were shooting rockets across Lake Erie from Toronto or wherever. Can you, you know, if those things were landed in places like Strongsville and Rocky River, and Menor and Medina, can you imagine how quickly the United States military um, would be pounding right across the, uh, you know, right across the lake? And, and it wouldn't just be people here in the Cleveland area say pound them. It would be people throughout the United States. And like you're, you're telling, you're presenting it the exact right, right way, Bob, that people should be hearing it is like if we were being attacked, we would defend ourselves. And um, Israel has the, the same right there. And listen, I, I, you know, as you mentioned, while it is mostly a Jewish state, one of the undertold stories of the Middle East um, is actually the persecution of Christians. And while the Israeli-Palestinian conflict gets so much play, the reality is every Arab country in the Middle East has, has said no to taking in the Palestinians. Like they don't want them. Like the Arab countries don't want them um, because it's a it's it's it, it's a it's a made up people. Like it's not it's not a real group of people. It's 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 a made up. Um, it, it's fictional. People and, from and a fictional no such, land, you know, a land that exactly. really never existed, that has yeah, never it existed doesn't exist, as a recognized state, right? Exactly. There's no such thing as Palestine. Um, but but if you look through a lot of the jihadi-led countries throughout the Middle East, what's going on with the persecution of Christians? I mean, you have radical Muslims who are putting a gun to the head of Christians and saying, "Convert to Islam or die." And it, it's a scary thing. And, and, you know, your your reference to media bias is such an important one here because the media will not report that. No. The media is so fixated on this, you know, Palestinian thing that they won't even they won't even report the persecution and murder of Christians throughout the Middle East. And listen, I for a long time, I've been outspoken against radical Islam. 
Uh, and, you know, I've had the left-wing media and the Democrats and stuff. They call me every name in the book. They call me a bigot and Islamophobe, and they make all this sure. stuff up. Sure. And yeah. Yeah, but, but listen, like, here's what they don't understand. I spent, you know, I, I, I spent over a year of my life in Anbar province, Iraq, in the Marine Corps, defending innocent Muslims from radical jihadi Muslims. And so all these leftists who attack me for being Islamophobe, I guarantee you none of them have ever done what I've done. Um, and the reality is this infection of radical Islam that has been in the Middle East for a long time, it's now taking over Europe. It's taken over. If you, I don't know if you've been to like London or Paris or any of these cities, but I mean, you, you don't even... You think you're in the Middle East in some neighborhoods there, and it's like it's it's radicalization, Sharia law. Sharia law is anti-woman, it's anti-Christian, it's anti-Jew. It's like the Sharia law is a bad, bad thing. All you have to do is read about it. Um, and over my dead body, why well, let that spread here in the United States of America? Yeah, I completely concur. We're talking to Josh Mandel, former Ohio treasurer, state representative, now candidate for the United States Senate, because Rob Portman is not running for re-election. Real quick, the reason I uh, I had you on when we chatted briefly on Friday was to talk about Mike DeWine. Uh, the Vax lottery, I don't even know if it's legal. I, I mean, I, I don't know how COVID relief funds, which are collected from taxpayers, these are all taxpayer dollars, federal dollars, um, distributed to the states for COVID relief. Mike DeWine gets his portion, and he decides unilaterally. I didn't think he could do this, but maybe he can unilaterally to spend five million of the COVID relief funds not on COVID relief, not on businesses that need to rebuild and um, and start over after the d- destructive lockdowns, but to hold this ridiculous lottery to bribe people into getting the vaccine. Uh, where only five people have that five million dollars, a million dollars a person once a week for the next five weeks. How is that? How is that a proper expenditure of COVID relief dollars, Josh? It's not a proper proper expenditure of, of tax money at all. Uh, it's an abuse of tax money. Um, I think you're right. If someone files suit, it's probably illegal. Um, it, it's I, I called him Willy Wonka because that's what he's trying to do. It's it's like a gimmick, you know. I mean, I, I thought it was a joke when I first saw it, but like literally, this thing is. The wine guy's trying to be like Willy Wonka, like giving out give out the five golden tickets, and it's it's outrageous on so many levels. Um, but think about like who it's mo- most insulting to is people have worked hard for their tax money. Like this is like hard earned tax money, and like who is Mike DeWine to take our tax money and just give it out to other people like this? Let alone just concentrate it and give it out to five people who win a sweepstakes. I mean, the whole thing is just outrageous on so many levels. But listen, this is a perfect example of why bailouts of states are a bad thing, why you never want the federal government to be bailing out states, because what happens is when governors and mayors get their hands on this tax money from Washington, they just treat it ridiculously. And we've seen this movie over and over and over again. And here it is. uh, I don't even know if you call him a Republican anymore, whatever he is. I'm um, doing it, doing it. This is exactly what the Democrat mayors and governors do. And now we got DeWine doing the same thing. And, uh, you know, he's the definition of like squishy establishment, totally out of touch, you know, with uh, with Ohio. And at the end of the day, he's just trampling on our liberty by doing this and our freedom. Yeah. And it, it's just it's it's insulting 
in so many ways. He was Cuomo and Murphy and Newsom and other blue state governors before they were when it comes to COVID. When it came, I mean, he was like the OG of the lockdowns. If you recall last year in March, he was like the first big, uh, or the first, uh, uh, governor to, to make that decision. And, uh, I remember he was on the cover of Time or Newsweek or something like that and was being hailed as America's governor because boy, look how proactive he was at listening to Amy Acton, uh, lie or at least misunderstand the actual threat of COVID at the time. So he started kind of the whole doggone thing and he's supposed to be a conservative Republican. Uh, it's it's a, it's a mystery to me how how this guy is here, and uh, it'll be a bigger mystery if he's here beyond this term. But that's for and, and he got day. it. <clears throat> Bob, he got it dead wrong, right? Like he he said there was going to be sixty two thousand cases a day. It was four hundred seventy six. The whole thing was a total failure. He was a failure on COVID. Amy Acton, uh, Amy Acton. Acton guided the policy, and he went right along with whatever she said. And she was yeah. so far off. It wasn't even funny. Uh, it was it yeah. was embarrassing. And quite frankly, more than that, it was destructive. And people are still yeah. feeling the effects of that now in May, uh, a year later. Josh Mandel, uh, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, prayers for Israel, Josh, and thanks for the time. Take care, Bob. All right, that's Josh Mandel. It's 951. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. We're guest free the rest of the way on a Monday. So if you want to get in line, this is a good time to do it. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Right back. A uh, quick reminder here for you. Coming up on Thursday, if you do not have your tickets left, I'm told there are precious few remaining for the Geauga County Conservative Club Presidential Gala. I will be speaking on Thursday night out at uh, Guido's Generations Event Center in Chesterland, as will Senate candidate Mike Gibbons, as will soon-to-be gubernatorial candidate Jim Renacci. It is go- there are going to be basket raffles, uh, gun raffles, and AR-15 will be given away. Tickets are still available. Call 216-520-1977. 216-520-1977. That's this Thursday in Chesterland. I want to see you there. Uh, let's go to Brian, calling from Cleveland. Hey, Brian, you're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Hey, Bob, how you doing? I haven't talked to you for a minute. Got a uh, a quick little ponder here with okay. uh, DeWine and this stupid hiatus of a vaccine lottery. So us non excuse me, non vaccinated, you know, dirty type, can we uh, like get together and uh, put a class action lawsuit against DeWine for our government discriminating against us? If you can find an attorney who will do it, I will absolutely join you because I think it is. I could think you, it's discriminatory. Could you maybe, maybe scratch Pete's ear on the validity of something like that. Yeah, I probably will when I talk to him tomorrow. Uh, obviously, this announcement was made last week after I had already talked right. to Pete. So, yeah, I will definitely do that. Um, but you know, just as a layman, not a lawyer, I, 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 I have to think that anything that denies someone a, uh, the opportunity to participate in something being sponsored by the state based on their health condition or their health status would have to be discriminatory. They couldn't say we're going to offer, or we're going to have a, a lottery here for people who can stand and walk because that would be discriminatory 
category against people in a wheelchair. They should not be able exactly. to say, here's a lottery to give $5 million away to people who get a shot, and what about people who can't because of allergic reasons or because of religious reasons or other exemptions? People who have already had the virus who are already uh, immune from natural immunity as opposed to this uh, experimental drug cocktail right. immunity that they're trying to, uh, trying to force. How can you possibly keep them out of such a lottery system? It's discriminatory right. and it ought to be actionable. Great for forty-five years. I'm sorry. Say again. I said my immune systems worked great for forty-five years. Whatever, whatever they blasted me with when I went to the Navy, it's been working ever since. So, <laughs> well, yeah, that's the, that's the nature. God, God is pretty good. You know, He kind of knows what He's doing here, and that's exactly what He gave us all was immune systems to to fight off, uh, you know, viruses and fight off uh, fight off uh, illnesses and so forth. So, uh, whatever we I appreciate take it, Bob. Thanks, us. man. Yeah, thank you for the call, Brian. I, I agree with you. I agree very much so. It ought to be actionable. If he gives away money and the only people included in the lottery are those who have vaccine cards, he is discriminating against millions and millions of Ohioans. You do know that less than 50% of Ohioans have gotten this thing. That can't be. That can't be right. I will continue to believe that until some attorney explains and shows me in the law that that's, that that's okay. And again, I will talk to Kirsten now about it. Thanks so much for the call, Brian. It's 10 o'clock. We'll get news now. More phone calls because we are guest-free in hour number two. Dial now. Coming up on AM 1420.